Um, the reality is we're not made to live running all the time, right? And so cre intentionally creating that space for ourselves and then modeling it for our children and teaching them how to um, create space for each other and have real conversations and really listen, um, I think, you know, is really a key step that you need to take in any type of health journey. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Jenke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim. The Health in the Real World podcast is sponsored by most exercises and workouts, whether they be running, biking, elliptical, rowing machine, traditional weightlifting, or even CrossFit, do not give you a balanced workout. And when you do workouts that neglect even one area, you're out of balance, resulting in pain and injury as well. Achieve your goals with the fitness program your chiropractor would love. Visit chrisjenke.com pod to watch the free video. Hello and welcome to Health in the Real World. We are here today with the podcast roundtable. This is one of my favorite formats of the show because I have three guests who I have spoken to one-on-one -on -one in their own episodes. And now they are joining me here today for the podcast roundtable. We have Carrie Heneman. Carrie, how's it going? Good, thanks. And Megan Zuk. Oh my gosh, sorry. How do Zukra. Yeah, way to go. Hi. <laughs> Megan, how's it going, Megan? So good, how are you? Good, good. And then Dr. Egypt Iradia. Dr. Egypt, how are you? I'm good. Hi, Chris. Hi, everybody. I'm good. All right. So the, the three of you, I think there's going to be a momentum created in this episode because you kind of had a, a conversation going a little bit. Um, Carrie or Megan, can you guys um, fill us in about what you guys were talking about? I'm, I'm cool going this direction if you guys want. I know you were talking about women in business specifically but maybe even we want to niche it down to health businesses, but um, we can, we can go whatever direction we want to go for this podcast. Um, so I'm Carrie Heneman. I'm a mom of four with a PhD in nutrition, and I really work to help um, moms find a balance in their lives to feed their families well, but also take care of themselves and um, figure out how to find a balance with all the nutrition advice, but actually getting meals on the table. And um, I feel like historically, you know, 10 years ago when I left my job, that there was a lot of um, infighting among women and there was kind of this power struggle over whether or not you were um, going back to work or whether or not you stayed home or whether or not you juggled it well. You know, there was no um, really support for each other. And I think a lot of people really felt alone. And I feel like during COVID, um, a lot of women kind of started to realize that really, um, we need to work together and support each other. And in doing so, we can lift not only ourselves up, but our families up and our spouses up um, and kind of maybe change the world. So <laughs> I think especially in the health field, right? That um, we should work together and work to promote each other. You know, Carrie, um, I think it was the Dalai Lama who said this, that somebody asked him like, how are we gonna change the world into a more peaceful place? And his answer was Western women are gonna do it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I, I think incredible. it's, I think it was the Dalai Lama. I'm pretty sure it was him. Um, yeah. Uh, Megan or Dr. Egypt, uh, one, either one of you 
uh, give your your quick introduction, who you are, kind of kind of where you are, um, you know, with your careers and everything, and who you help. Please. Oh, was- oh okay. Thank you, Megan. Um, so I'm a digital radiator. My background is um, as a conventional medical practitioner. I trained in the UK and just through different experiences, professional and personal. I moved to the US to retrain, if you like, or add to my healing toolkit. I retrained, so I did my doctorate in naturopathic medicine, and I'm also a clinical herbalist, and um, I incorporate several healing modalities in my toolkit. That's like a very brief (laughs) of what I do, but yeah. Yeah. Dr. Egypt, you're a medical doctor and a naturopathic doctor, right? Yes. Epic. That's incredible. Amazing. And And then Megan, how about you? Um, I'm a holistic lifestyle coach, previously a exercise physiologist, well still, but that's where my background is rooted in movement, but from working with people in high stress jobs and me living a high stress job, learning that a holistic lifestyle is completely necessary to live a well-rounded life if we're going to continue to be moms, if we're going to be high level in our jobs, we can't, if we don't have our health, we don't have anything. And a lot of people start on the health journey, which I think is great regardless of like, cool, I'm going to go work out at a gym. One half of them don't know what to do, but the other thing is you can't out exercise stress. It'll help for a little bit. And you also can't out exercise a bad diet. So we have to look at all of these components. If we are going to show up in our lives strong and like even ourselves, all of us here as practitioners have to take care of ourselves first or else we can't help other people take care of ourselves as well. Right. Right. And, uh, Carrie, uh, like you, I have four kids, but I think, you know, as a, as a man, I don't think I deal with the same sort of like, like split, I guess would be a good word. I'm a very active dad and I have a business and I'm trying to stay healthy. But I think like the amount of like my, my fingers are in my kids' lives so much is, I don't know if it's an anomaly, but when people respond to that, it's like they're surprised. Like, wow, you're, you're that into your kids' stuff. But I think for moms, I think it's more like expected of you guys. And I don't know what kind of pressure that puts, but you were mentioning that, right? You're, you're a mom of four specifically. Um, Megan and Dr. Egypt, do you guys have children at all? Nope. Yes, I have children. Yeah. So I, I, I can resonate with Carrie for sure. I don't have four children, but I have half that number. So yes. <laughs> so I mean, one is a lot. And um, how, so how do, the, how do the three of you juggle? And, and Megan, even though you don't have kids, um, there's still juggles on your plate. So how do you guys juggle everything? So you have your own personal health that, that we all know we need to put on our own face mask first, but it's hard, but your own personal health, your family, your career, your personal lives. If we ever have time for one of those, how do you, how do you juggle all these? I'll jump in there and say, I think for any busy adult, I think a morning routine is the best thing that you can do for yourself to set yourself up for success for the day. Because if you wake up just flying off the handle, your whole day is going to go like that. But if you have some sort of routine, whether it's five, 10, 15 minutes, and that's just your time that you take to ground yourself, that's going to enable you to show up more presently when you're working with your kids or you're working with leading your team or you're working with your business. And that's just 
kind of like put in the uh, blindfolders on like let's do this <laughs> yeah definitely definitely yeah. Uh, I totally agree with that I mean people think I'm a little bit crazy but I like strive to get up before my kids in the morning and it doesn't always work right because um right. you know kids are kids and sometimes they get up really early when as soon as they hear a pin drop they're out there <laughs> their beds but um I do I try and get up before my kids in the morning and spend a half hour to exercise and have my cup of coffee and honestly like if I can exercise have my cup of coffee and secretly eat some chocolate every morning <laughs> then like I can handle the day. And I, I really noticed when my kids were really little because there was a point where I had three kids under four. Um, if I didn't get those couple minutes to myself, and like I said, it doesn't happen always, but um, I was much more tense the whole day and my tenseness would spill out onto my children. And so the whole day would kind of spiral out of control. So I've really learned the importance of getting up early. And the funny thing now is my kids know now to respect it. My oldest is 14. Amazing. I have a 12 year old who loves to get up early and he kind of gets up and does his own thing. He knows that I kind of need my time to do my thing. And obviously I'm there for an emergency or something like that, but um, they respect that. And I think it's good for all of us to have some boundaries. Yeah. Dr. Egypt. Um, yeah, I just want to add to that because I definitely resonate with the morning routine thing. And it's something that I've practiced on and off over many years. But I also like have a slightly different approach to it. How I say I found that incorporating a sense of ritual into what we do in our days. So just being more mindful, more aware to the things that we do, it brings more of a sense of self-care and nourishment to whatever we do. And just like, you know, I am a mom, I have a business, I see clients and I'm a single mom. I found that honestly, the morning, like having specific time set aside in the morning, even short periods, like, you know, Carrie said, sometimes it doesn't work. There was a time I tried to wake up before my kid, but my kid would wake up when I wake up. And I'm like, no, this is not happening right now. So what, you know, what I've been sort of practicing for a while is actually stretching out my routine or ritual to the whole day so that like I found like in working with some clients some people feel almost like a sense of failure when they can't stick with their morning routine so rather than like they can't get their you know um I don't know bulletproof coffee or smoothie in or yoga session done in the morning they just don't do anything for the rest of the day even if they could squeeze in 15 minutes here or 20 minutes there so what I tend them I tell them it's like you have to incorporate maybe like a mindset shift if you can have a morning routine think of it like you have the whole day to do a 10 minute yoga session it's just less daunting than I've got to squeeze in my yoga session before my baby wakes up you know for some people that doesn't just work so right now I give myself literally the whole day to get my routine things done. As long as I've done one item, you know, I've done my breath work session, I've done my yoga session, I've gone for a run anytime in the day, I'm good. <laughs> so it's just something that might, some people might sort of resonate with to fit their lifestyles more. Right. right. I really like what you're saying. And I think it's, it's also a matter of prioritizing what you need to do and having a non-negotiable in there. So even if like, you can't get it done in the morning, like, for, like this is not negotiable for anything and setting those boundaries with other people, save the priority. And then you said the boundaries so that it does happen. And then kind of what I wanted to add to both of you, the one thing that I do every single morning, which anybody can do this, I'm getting a little bit fired up about it before I'm even out of bed. I say 10 things I'm grateful for. And like, that is wow. just 
starts the day good. Like, and then it's like, like, I can't like the not, I'm not thinking about what are my emails? What's on social media? Who am I talking to today? I'm like, no, my day is going to start with grateful for this bed. I'm grateful for the roof over my head. I'm grateful that I have running water and just go through 10 things. And anybody has time for that takes 10 seconds. That's awesome. It's so powerful to be grateful. And Dr. Egypt, as you were talking, I was, I was sort of thinking of this analogy that I was, I've thought of this before. My dad's an architect. So I think in these terms a lot, but um, you know, like if you're in, in sort of like the rural areas and you'll have like a town and then you have to drive miles till you get to the next town, right? There's like an open space in between. And then if you go somewhere like LA, for example, you'll have the city and then you're in another city, but you didn't, there's like, not, they're, they're like butted right up against each other. And then you just have sprawl, right? I feel like a lot of people organize their days like LA builds cities. There's just one thing after another, after another, after another, there's no open space to just mm-hmm. be like, you know what, let me just schedule 10 minutes here where I have nothing. And I'm not just going to let my last activity bleed into my next one. Like Megan said, you, you can't out exercise stress, right? Like you're stressed up the wazoo, like it's going to catch up to you eventually, right? The other important thing that Dr. Egypt touched on was that it's never too late and there's no set goal, right? So if you know you don't get your full 30 minutes or of yoga or your full hour run, that's okay. Like some, I really want moms and dads, everyone to focus on that some is enough. Because I feel like I run into that a lot in my practice too. Like my kid doesn't eat a whole serving of vegetables, right? So I'm a failure and that's not enough. I mean, my youngest never eats a whole serving of vegetables, but we're just working on some is enough. So if he takes like a teeny nibble in my book, that's enough, right? He made an effort. He tried it. And we just are taking baby steps. And some days we don't even get there and that's okay too. But we, you know, offer it. If he touches it, he smells it, right? So I think we need to also give ourselves some grace and remember that some is enough. You know, if you get that 15 minutes, if you get that 10 minutes, if you have to skip a day, that's okay. Cause it's never too late to start. And I think we often feel like failures and then give up. I like that, Carrie. That's going to be the title of this episode. Some is enough. I like that. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing, right? Just and, and baby steps, right? Mm-hmm. Get there just little by little. You're going to have good yeah. days, bad days. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What, how do you, how do the three of you take these philosophies that you try to practice in your own lives and how do you sort of try to infuse them into your clients and your, your family, your friends? Oh, that's, um, <laughs> well, it depends. I, I'm a bit of, of a health obsessed, not you know, certified, <laughs> certified, <laughs> certified health, not so I'm obsessed with just holistic living in general, trying to live a balance, which is not always easy, especially as a mother, or if you own a business, as you know, Chris, I'm sure, and, and Megan too. But um, for me, I think very much it's like, I just live life with intention as best as possible. So I live with intention and try and bring integrity. And for me, I really say, like, I really liked what um, Megan touched on, you know, just practices of, you know, self-care. And when we take care of ourselves, we can powerfully like, you know, show up in the world. So for me, like self-care, just, you know, incorporating little healing practices throughout my days, it's so important. It keeps me whole, it keeps me sane in this world. It's like, so go, 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 busy, busy, busy. There's a lot of expectations you know for women are internally we expect a lot because we're almost expected to be super women these days like oh you have five kids no problem you can go to work full-time you can have a business you can do it all and I think like the self-growth personal development 
I guess, um, movement. There's a lot of positivity, but there's uh, some toxicity in this. I mean, I'm going a little bit on a tangent, but it has fed into the notion that we can do it all 24 seven all the time. And I really think that's toxic. Like you mentioned, Chris, sometimes it's important to just give ourselves moments of doing nothing to create space. And by incorporating these healing practices in my own life, I'm just trying to set an example for my clients, for my community, for my children. Like, I think it's really hypocr hypocritical when we have diplomas and certifications, you know, but in our own life, we're not living it yet. We are telling people or making money from, you know, advising other people to do it. I mean, if we can't even do it, we have all the knowledge and information. How hard is it going to be for our clients? So the best thing is to live it as best as possible in your own life. And that will bleed out to, you know, people around you. That's what I found. Yeah. Don't um, worry, don't oh, worry about going. Sorry, real quick interjection. <laughs> don't, Dr. Egypt, don't worry about going off on a tangent. This whole show is tangents, so... <laughs> All right, Megan, go ahead. Well, uh, what you said, Chris, and then also you, Dr. Egypt, of, of, I think it's important where you're saying like scheduled time to do nothing. I think there needs to be a definition with that of doing nothing when it's actually doing nothing. Because I think when we think doing nothing, we think, okay, we're going to scroll the phone or watch TV, but that's actually putting more stress into our body. And I think as a society and a culture, we need to encourage being quiet because that's when the stress actually comes out. We need to encourage going to put your feet in the grass or like, you know, wherever you can to go outside and get into nature a little bit more, because this is, that's where we decompress. Like the, the quiet time is not TV time. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So you almost need to schedule, like put in your schedule, like turn off your phone, go outside, walk barefoot in the grass, take 30 deep breaths, like, there's almost part of the brain that needs that. And then once you get to that point where you're outside, you know, something sort of clicks and takes over and you're like, Oh, I don't have my phone. Oh, the sky is here. Right. There, there's like a, something that's, that shifts. Right. Carrie, you want to add anything to, to that? Yeah. I mean, my, um, a big focus of my practice is getting families to bring back family meals and I encourage shortcuts and getting food on the table. But again, that's another perfect time where, it can be technology free, right? And it opens up space um, for parents to have real conversations with their kids, right? And kids are also, it's also a great opportunity for you to model good eating behaviors to your kids. So, you know, I tell people buy the bagged salad, you know, get a pre-roasted chicken. Family meals don't have to be fancy, um, but there's simple shortcuts you can make to make them healthy, but sit down together and turn off all the technology, no TV, no phones. Um, and make time for each other and actually be present, right? Um, and sometimes, I mean, we have had some really crazy, you know, conversations at dinner and we've also had some really deep, you know, thoughtful conversations, but just by creating that space where there, you know, there is no expectation, we're just gonna sit here and eat together for half an hour, um, you give your children an opportunity to um, open up and you give yourself time to decompress. I love it. Sure. That's really important. The, uh, I think it's not only what we eat, but how we eat, you know, the slow food movement. Uh, I don't know if any of you, well, Dr. Egypt, you're from, uh, Europe, uh, you know, yeah. the way, especially in, I, mean, I don't know if it's so much like this in the UK, but you know, Italy, France, they just, mm -hmm. you know, you get a table at a restaurant and that's your table for the whole night. You, they're not going to shove you out. Whereas, <laughs> you know, and in, in here, like the United States, like, 
all right, I, I got another table. We got people coming in, you know, they're like rolling you through. So even like a sit down restaurant is fast food now. And there is something that's pretty powerful about just like, we're just going to sit here and we're just going to enjoy each other's company. It's, it's more fun and it's much healthier, right? Digestion improves when you're not stressed and you're not rushing around crazy. For sure. And just to add to um, what Carrie and you, Chris, uh, mentioned, you know, you mentioned the slow food movement. I incorporate quite a few Eastern um, complete healing systems into my work, one being Ayurveda. And Ayurveda speaks of conscious eating or eating in a sattvic manner. And by sattvic, we mean that we eat for optimal digestion and to gain the maximum nourishment for your food. It is best to eat, like, you know, Carrie mentioned in that sort of serene togetherness calm in calm in environments and having the tv go in the background or like stimulating music playing that's like just upregulating your sympathetic nervous system when really your parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system should be stimulated which tends to happen in calm quiet serene environments so it's just beautiful how you know ayurveda speaks to that that our food should be you know if we can made slowly thoughtfully presented in a nice manner, good calm ambience, not rushed because like, you know, all of you, I'm sure were when we're rushing to go through our foods or we're being rushed to go through our foods, like in certain restaurants, again, it's that like, you know, cortisol spikes, adrenaline is a bit off, not maximum digestion. And then sometimes people go to like a restaurant, but there's so much noise and stimulation and a lot of upregulation sympathetic systems, then you have essentially, you're setting yourself up for incomplete digestion or delayed digestion. So people walk away and they still feel like a little bit bloated, like a little bit of food is still kind of there because they haven't really just given the time to settle. Because I lived in Italy, I lived in Venice and Verona, and that was the culture very much. You went to a restaurant and it was for hours, like your bill is ready when you ask for your bill. They don't really rush you out. I mean, things might've changed now. I went there a long time ago, but um, yeah, so it's not just what we eat, but it's very much the how and the ambience and the energy we bring to the eating process. Yeah, definitely. I, I implemented something recently when, when I'm driving my kids around, <clears throat> excuse me, after school, and I drive a sedan because, you know, I find that if I drive a car that's too big, I find like random food everywhere. So I'm like, let me just go small. But that also means that I have a kid right behind me and right there and right there. So um, I have a, a two-year-old daughter, five-year-old daughter, seven-year-old daughter, and a 10-year-old son. Oh. And when the five of us are in the car, it can get kind of loud. And so what I, I made a, an agreement and they were struggling at first, but they've gotten really good at it. And I just say, I'm, as soon as we get in the car and we're about to drive somewhere, I say, okay, guys, I'm going to set a timer. And I say, hey, Siri, set a timer for one minute. And we just wait. And nine times out of 10, if anybody breaks the silence, it's the baby. And everyone's like, oh, Maya, what are you doing? What are you? <laughs> She's still learning. She's two, like, relax. Okay, guys, let's set it again. And we set the timer again. And we try to do the full minute. And it is completely amazing these kids are are so different from before the minute to after the minute they're still talking after the minute but it's like like the four of us are talking it's not like all of us are trying to hey listen it, that energy's gone and so it just occurred to me that maybe that's something good to do before eating as well just for proper um, digestion like yeah you said. 
I mean, I think it, again, it all comes back down to pace, which I think we've all touched on that. I feel like, um, you know, the pace of the world is so fast because of technology, which there are some benefits to it, but um, the reality is we're not made to live running all the time, right? And so cre intentionally creating that space for ourselves and then modeling it for our children and teaching them how to um, create space for each other and have real conversations and really listen, um, I think, you know, is really a key step that you need to take in any type of health journey. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to give each of you a chance to, uh, for the grand finale, to put an exclamation point on the episode and give your motivational speech. You're, you're at a graduation, you're the graduation speaker or at a business and you're their keynote speaker. What's your one minute motivational speech on how people can get the most out of their lives? Dr. Egypt, you're on my screen. <laughs> We can do, if you want to do a rock, paper, scissors tournament, we can figure out. Why not? Um, I think as best as possible, people should try to bring as much intention into whatever they do, because when we are going through the motions or we're doing things because we feel that we should do it, there is an energy that is um, almost lost to us. But when we do things consciously, slowly, if we can, with deep awareness, we bring more presence and energy, which is itself a healing tool. Because for me, how I see healing is a return to wholeness and balance and a return to maximum awareness. So just realizing that when you do things with a sense of reverence and slowness and sacredness almost, whatever healing practice you're doing, bait yoga, diet, whatever, you will gain more out of it just by doing, putting more intention, which is essentially free. I love that. I'm not going to lie. When you said that, it made me think of what you asked me last time. And I'm like, oh, that's what it is. <laughs> so I'm like, I feel like I didn't have something different. <laughs> that's fine. I will, I don't even know if I can have something different, but I really like what you said, Dr. Egypt, of showing up intentionally and showing up mindfully and being present because we only have the present moment. And how do you want to look back on your life? Do you want to say like, I showed up fully, I was present with each and every one of my conversations and I was present with myself or do you, or you want, do you want to look back and see like, oh, I just let life go be by. So I, I want to just piggyback off of you and being intentional and being present with life. Yeah. And I will just chime in on both of you, piggyback on that as well. And um, not only intentionality, but also that it's not too late, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can start right now, right? And if you can't find time today, tomorrow's not too late. I, again, I feel like it's this all or nothing. Like, you know, I, I didn't do my yoga this morning, so now I'm just going to give up or I'm going to start a diet on Sunday. And, you know, so for now I have to like binge eat or whatever. And I encourage people to you know, it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It doesn't have to be this big event. Just start with small steps, but do it now. You're worth it. And your health, your family's health is worth it, right? So make it a priority. Nice. Chris, what's yours? Oh, putting me on the spot. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I would say take time to close your eyes and talk to yourself about what you need and what is going to nourish you. We spend a lot of time, especially as parents, 
or as health providers with clients, we spend a lot of time sort of like serving others and trying to help others. And there's a little voice inside of each of us that we just close our eyes, close our ears. We can listen to that voice. And uh, I think it, it really starts with, with that. And all of you hit the nail on the head where just time out. Let's, let's go walk in the grass. Let's eat our food slowly and let's listen to ourselves. So love it. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. Dr. Egypt Aradia, Megan Zucra, and Carrie Heeneman. I'm Chris Janke on Health in the Real World. Thank you all so much for joining me today. Thank you. All right. That is. It's the Health in the Real World podcast. It's time to start the show with Chris Janke as your host. Here to give you everything that you need when it comes to fitness strategies. We keep it simple and easy. It's your roadmap to get healthy. You don't need equipment and you don't need a gym. Just the right strategies to get you fit and trim.